Welcome to a football show, Thursday edition here, brought to you by the Kingston Group and the Pharmacy, two locally owned businesses in Nashville. Support local business, folks. Um, with all that extra money you now have in your wallet, like the Tennessee Titans. I am Braden Gall. He is Zach Lyons. Good to see you, Zach. How are you, sir? Doing fantastic. We got some stuff to talk about today, but not surprising stuff. And I hope uh, everybody out there, if you'd listen to this show, you knew all of this was coming at some point, at least most of it, if not all of it. And there's certainly lots of ramifications. Rand Carthon saved the team about $40 million on Wednesday afternoon with cutting four major pieces. We will discuss Taylor Lewan's legacy, which seems to be a bit confusing for some Titans fans uh, and media members. Um, so we'll get into to Lewan and we'll get into, I, I don't, you know, there's not really a legacy for Robert Woods, Zach Cunningham, or Randy Bullock. So we're not going to talk a whole lot about them, but four major cuts, $40 million, Rand Carthon's $40 million afternoon, beginning the process of getting us back to life here for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, what does it mean for some of the other players on the team? What are the next moves? Bud Dupree, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry. What does it mean for you know Ben Jones? What does it mean for Jeffrey Simmons contract negotiations as well? So we've got a lot of stuff to do around the Tennessee Titans. There is a Netflix quarterback docu-series, and it is like catnip, I believe, for you and I, Zach. Maybe for different reasons, but it is catnip for both of us, so we'll get into that. And then, of course, the Bama Revenge Tour Part 7. I don't know, the, the Bama, Bama Revenge Tour redo, because last year was supposed to be the Revenge Tour, and now this year's like the, the you know Part 2 of the Revenge Tour. I don't know, but we're going to get into Bama's schedule a little bit later on uh, in the show as well. So a lot of stuff to do today. Uh, make sure you support local business. As I mentioned, the pharmacy over there in East Nashville, right there in McFerrin Avenue, always, always, always a great place to go grab lunch, go grab dinner, take the family, take the kids, great burgers, great tots, locally sourced beers. It's just a great all-around place to go. Very chill hang, which is a good thing to do. And if you're one of these players who has nothing to do, go hang out at the pharmacy. It's good. Uh, and Kingston Group, buildkg.com is the website. Don't make any choices. Don't make any decisions about your house. Big financial things like that in your life. Do not do any of that until you talk to the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Just have a conversation, as we always say. They will help you solve the problem, even if you don't sign a contract with them, give them any money doesn't matter to them. They want to do the best thing for you in your home. So I promise you, just give them a call, talk to them, and see what's up. If you want to get into the comments, we will have time for your comments today. Maybe. <laughs> we should. <laughs> we should. So jump in there, uh, of course. And um, we do appreciate all you guys who show up and hang out with us live. It's it's really cool to have you guys with us and interact and uh, sometimes ask really awesome questions and sometimes just be smart, snarky assholes, which there could be some of that today. <laughs> oh, there will definitely be some of that. It could be some of that today. For uh, sure. Yeah. All right. So I guess let, let's just start with the cuts in general. And number one, why was anyone surprised by any of this stuff? Taylor Lewan, 14.8 million. Robert Woods, 12.0 million. Zach Cunningham, 8.9 million. Randy Bullock, 2.7 million. That is roughly $40 million, just over $38 million in cap space savings. They go from negative 25 million to the cap to plus 11 or 12 million on the cap, uh, depending on some other things. There's still plenty of stuff that could happen. Um, it's a lot of money. It makes for big headlines, Zach, but I'm not sure why anyone was surprised by any of this stuff. Well, I don't think anyone was surprised. What I, what I found was people pat patting themselves on the back for predicting and getting this right. Oh. Big fucking whoop. <laughs> you predicted 
and got these the most obvious moves right wow <laughs> like whoa mind blowing that you were able to do that if you if you have to pat yourself on the back for getting stuff that obviously is right that obviously everyone else predicted then you have you, you have an ego issue like you have self yeah. self awareness issue self confidence issue i i don't know really where it classifies on the venn diagram but you're ridiculous is that what, is that what i just cool. is that what i just did though like no, by, by I think, I think everybody. No, I, well, I think what you're saying is that you're looking at it from a national media perspective, which a lot of the national media people did allude to the fact that, oh, wow, this is, you know, they sensationalized the moves. Sure. When really us in the local media, again, this goes to the, the people in national media not really following or giving a shit about the Tennessee Titans year in and year out. And they they view this as some mass calling and some big shift when this was always bound to happen because the talent doesn't match up with the numbers. Well, and and honestly, an important media note here is that there could be really good. There's lots of really good writers out there who do pay attention to the Titans that do know what's coming and they do write thoughtful articles about them. And then some headline writer who's a different human in most newsrooms comes in and puts some clickbaity sensationalistic headline on the article that says, you know, like drastic, drastic shift in philosophy by Titans or whatever. And like the articles, like as expected, Taylor, the one was released today by the Titans. And again, we on this show have been talking like left tackle is the number one of the number one priorities for this team in the offseason. I mean, again, the said it months ago. So I don't think you should get credit to your point about getting any of this stuff right. There's a conversation to be had about what he has meant to this organization. And we can get to that. Uh, I was asked by a Kansas City Chiefs fan yesterday, though Zach, um, who because I do I do hits in Kansas City all the time, and he goes, he goes, man, I, I listen to you all the time. Does Lawan have anything left in the tank? Do you think he wants to play? Like, do you, what do you think we should go after him? And this is just a kind of a, a guy that I go back and forth with on Twitter, and I said, frankly, I, I he's got a lot of podcasts to do. Um, his barstool contract is extremely lucrative. He's talked about the, the toll the game has taken on his body. I'm I'm. I've always been under the assumption that he's going to retire and that he's done with this stuff and he wants to be with his kids and and be with, you know, his boy, Will Compton. So, well, they, well, they filmed busting with the boy, the episode that's out this morning, they filmed yesterday, uh, an hour after he got the official word. So basically I think it was at 1130 or 12 when all this news started filtering out. And then an hour later they, they filmed it and it's the first busting with the boys episode I've tuned into since the Delaney Walker episode, which I think was both after, no, it would have been the AJ Brown episode, the very first time AJ Brown was on there. Was now, that was that after Mike Vrabel's cutting off his penis episode? I don't know. I didn't watch. That's that the episode. only one. That's the only one I liked. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't watch that episode. Um, I, I I don't I don't I don't watch it, and it's not because it's probably it's not a good thing. It's yeah, just it's, not for me, and yeah, yeah. I only have so much bandwidth throughout the day and podcasts. I have a hard time fitting in, but I tuned in this morning to the YouTube show just because you know, of the news has happened and you know that you were going to get some good tidbits. So he found out why he was in Cabo last week. And this, these moves were supposed to happen on Friday, but I guess because I would assume the way that he talked about it is that being that he was in Cabo, they were going to wait to make the announcement when he got back and they made it on Tuesday. Um, he says he feels great and he feels free, which we'll talk about this word free being used by another free agent but his use of free was that it was great he when he found out in Cabo officially that he was going to be cut he says 
you know, it was kind of freeing because there's no expectation to be ready or needing to be ready to play football. Basically, he woke up and is like, I really don't have to work out if I don't want to. And yeah. it was it, that kind of freeing. The knee sounds like it's way far off from being ready. It does. I mean, he's yeah. being able to walk on it, but he made several references that he's got to get the knee ready first. So we're talking that first wave of free agency, you may not hear Taylor Lewan's name yeah. called or signed. It may be later on down the road. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, by the way, um, you mentioned his comments, Taylor Lewan's comments about Ben Jones. We'll get to Ben Jones and sort of what do some of the other pieces on the team, like what does this all mean? As There's, kind there's of- so much more to get to about what he said, because I mean, let, let's just talk about Taylor Lewan and we'll get to the other free yep. agents, yep. but you know, he, he said for sure he is not playing for any other AFC South team. He basically said, I would rather retire than play for one of those teams. <laughs> he's he's not going to play for him. And I, for a guy like me who has had a very hot and cold relationship with Taylor Lewan as a Titans player, that gives, that's a lot of respect from me for okay. for being that guy i love i love that he wants to stay close to tennessee so obviously atlanta got brought up and he's like eh, i have too much uh faith and or too much respect for jake matthews to go for that job but of course jake matthews is also a free agent um he did say that the steelers he would love to go to the steelers he knows the Bengals need a left tackle he'd love to go to the Bengals, and he'd obviously go to the eagles he was a firm hard no on arizona but it goes back to he's excited to see the opportunities, right? So we we talked about him being re, possibly retiring. He's excited to see what opportunities are presented for him, but he needs to get the knee healthy first yeah. and decide that. So, like, there were reports earlier in the week that he could possibly come back. The door's not shut. And, and he even alluded to it. You had to pick it up real quick, but he said – he had uh, he he put it like this, and this is kind of how he said it. Yeah, and we had other com- this is when he was going into the office with Mike Vrabel, Rand Carthon. He had said, "What do? How does this go down? Do you just fucking kill me?" Is <laughs> basically what he said. You know, do you put him out the pasture? And he and he goes, and we had some other conversations, but in the end, right. I got cut. So the other conversations <clears throat> are poking around. Hey, we may bring you back, but we just can't bring you back at this number. I don't think you're going to have any clarity till after the draft on Taylor Lewan's status in the NFL unless he retires. Yeah. And, and I do think there's – I also, you know, for, for Preds fans who know that Mike Fisher retired and then, like, came back, like, two-thirds of the way through the season to, like, help the team on a playoff run, like, it almost feels like Lewan is more in that mold. Like, he's not – you can't pencil him in at a cheaper price as the starting left tackle for the Titans. It, it's more like and no a, team can right, right now. No, right. And he's so not going to pass the physical Right. To me, it's more like, a, OK, as he gets healthier, maybe you sign him to like a, a term sheet for half the year for whatever. And he comes back and he helps the team during a stretch run, which I think would actually be a pretty good situation for both Titans fans and Lawan. I just I, I, I've seen too many athletes get to that 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 mental place where that freedom finally sets in. And they're just like uh, like the amount of grind and work and and time you have to put in every day of the year to get your body ready to do that shit on an NFL field is extraordinary. You just don't understand it unless you've had to do it. And I, I think I, I just I would be surprised if he plays again. That's just my my personal my personal thought. Now again, does he come back like halfway through and try to help a team on a stretch like he, run? He specifically Maybe. said once he retires, he retires. Yeah, and that maybe that may be true. So let me ask you. Let me ask you this. 
So of the two uh, now former Titans on podcast this week, did I watch one of one and none of the other and you did the opposite? Is that, is that what happened? I watched uh, I watched all of A.J. Brown on Raw Room and you watched gotcha. all of I just Taylor Lewan. Wa- no, I did not watch all of Taylor Lewan. I did not watch the entire episode of Bust with the Boys. I don't give a shit about shit about Max Homa. No, I did. I just watched the first five minutes and I watched. A, is that a golfer? Yeah. Yeah, golfer. Okay, okay. And then I watched like and I watched I watched that opening segment. That was it. And I've watched the equal amount of what AJ Brown had to yeah. say when it because it was up on my timeline. People kept sharing it, so I I clicked into just the the clips, trade talks, not to the yeah, episode. Yeah, I watched about four, the fourteen minute trade clip of AJ Brown, and um, yeah, I, really, I, I turned he, off after that because I I wasn't getting anything, and someone had given me the cliff notes so already in yeah. a chat, and I was just like, well, I'm. There's no sense in really watching this. I'm not learning anything new, except for the, no, we didn't. the Chiefs were in on it. No, we did not really learn anything new about the numbers. It was 16 with up to 20, and then he wanted 22, which wasn't and enough. Those numbers include – we've already hashed it. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I will say I do think the, that the Mike and the insight here for Titans fans from both of these, uh, whatever we're calling them, com- exit interviews, exit conversations, whatever you want to call them, I, I think the key here is that the player – coach athlete coach off the field relationship is very undervalued when we talk about a lot of this stuff and that Mike Vrabel specifically is very good at this stuff now AJ talked about how like he he thought he felt one way but then I needed to mature through this process talking about himself and that Vrabel was really doing everything right by everybody and I think that the the takeaway I had from both of these guys is that Mike Vrabel is a very good players coach for also being a hard-ass disciplinarian right like he he finds a way to thread the needle on both sides. And I think that's an, that's that to me was like one of the only real takeaways from any of the two episodes, honestly, is that Vrabes is Vrabes has his players back, even if they're going to go somewhere else. And I think that's a, a, just another check in his box or another box checked in his column, I guess. Um, there's been some crazy talk about Taylor Lewan's legacy. I, I I'll give you my quick spiel, which is not much here. I just think he is sort of a, general representation of the beginning of the new Titans. He he was a really good player at a premium position. He's not an elite player. He's not one of the greatest players in franchise history. He's had his bad moments with penalties and missed what 34 out of <laughs> he missed ha- basically half the games the last five seasons or four seasons. I, I think he's representative and the face of an era of this Titans football organization that w- went from garbage too good and i think that is he's a big part of sort of representing that transitionary period for this organization and i i think that's a i think that's a pretty good place in history to be i don't i don't think it has to be any more complicated than that i guess yeah i mean here here's where i'm at on this taylor lawan legacy thing is that it's it's a i look at a couple different ways because i i talked about something similar with ben jones and we'll get into ben jones later is that there's the optics of the fan base and then there's my own personal optics. And there's also the optics of the national media. And all three of these are going to be different levels of different. Uh, because for me, Taylor Lawan was a player. Like, I mean, he never made a first team all pro with the Associated Press, which is the one that matters. He made it to a couple of pro bowls. Good for him. Um, I, I he was never the best left tackle in the NFL, but he was maybe top five for 2017 and 2018. 
but the things that you remember most about him that has endured endeared him to the fan base, which leads the fan base to make these grand overtures about Taylor one is the stuff that he does off the field. Right. It's not the stuff that he did on the field. And I guess that's where to me is like, out of all the left tackles, he's at best number three in the Titans, fran- Titans Oilers franchise history. But be- uh, it really at best, at best, at best. And really that includes just almost just strictly Titans as well. Um, I mean, just the Titans era because it's Brad, it's Brett. You can, uh, to me, it's Michael Roos, then Brad Hopkins, then Taylor Lewan. Now, if you put Brad Hopkins, Michael Roos, Taylor Lewan, I'm not going to really fight sure. you or anything, but I mean, that's pretty much what it is. He's their best. So he's never been, he's not even the best on his own team. Um, and ever since he came out in his little boss hog outfit and the extension actually started and his new contract actually started, he wasn't anything that we needed. Like he got paid and I'm not saying he got paid because a lot of this stuff was out of control. I mean, he got suspended for PEDs. Then he got injured the following two seasons. Um, but I mean, it's like he, you never really got the value out of that contract that you yeah. needed. And I think people l- viewed Taylor Lewan because the alternatives were just so gross. Like the alternatives after he left, <laughs> except for except for in 2020, uh, I think it was 2021. 20, no, 2020. When Ty Sembrello came in. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were rotating the, the, the left tackles in and out. It was like Ty Sembrello, then David Questenberry. And they were just as good as Taylor Lewan was that year. Nobody wants to hear that, though. Now he played when he played when he was healthy and he played, they make the, they made the playoffs a couple times. And of course they beat Kansas city that one year. He did play 12 games the season that they made it to the AFC championship game. But then after that, he only played five games in 2020. He played 13 uh, on a team that eventually was the one seed. So that's, that's a lot of games. And then of course this year, just two. So again, I think he, I think, I, I think it's okay that two things can be true. Like, He's an important player, a face of the franchise, but like you're right, he's more known for guzzling a catfish topless at a Preds game than he is for like consistently this, delivering this, protection, you know? This idea that he gets to take credit for the turning of the culture, I, I'm not for because he hasn't been the leader by his own admission. He hasn't been the leader to like year two of Mike Vrabel. So like Spare me a little bit of this that he's been, he was the part of the, he was, he was there. He was present for a culture shift, but he was not part of the reason for a culture shift. No, I, I agree with that. I, I just think that he is sort of the, like the face of it all. Obviously, if, if there had been a, well, I, I, I've argued that numerous times is that Taylor Lewan, even with Mariota being here, that he was the face of the franchise yes, because Taylor Lewan yes. is the guy that's, that's getting in the interviews that's that's on rich eyes and he's yeah. the guy that's out there everybody wants to just think that's the quarterback but you know well and derrick henry really let's be honest is the face of the franchise now, now yeah in the, in the last three or four years but i i just think he represents an era of sort of growth and change and transition um there's no there's other guys that go along with him right there's other players that are in that group with him and i think he should be remembered fondly for a lot of things I, you know, he, did he make some mistakes early in his career and commit dumb penalties? Yeah, he did. Did you mentioned uh, the PD stuff? He had the injuries late in his career. I mean, but look, nine years with this organization going from shit to really pretty good. He was some part of that. And one mm-hmm. of the better players on the team when he was healthy, most of the time, I, I think it's fine to just say, look, he was pretty good. He was a pretty good player. 
who who was a part of the, the the team becoming relevant again. And I don't think you have to go any farther than that. You don't have to go to extremes on this. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm he's not, not a total asshole, but he's not a great elite number one yeah. Hall of Famer either. Like he's just Ring you know. of Honor stuff, Hall of Fame no. stuff, all that kind of stuff. I, I'm good yeah. on. Um, it's just it's not for him. No, I I think that's the right way to look at it. So so then. What what is next then for Rand Carthon? Because clearly this was man, you don't even want to talk about Robert Woods or Zach Cunningham <laughs> or Randy Bullock. You're just like fuck them, throw them <laughs> in the trash. Well, I mean, I don't honestly. So here's the only thing I would say is I would bring Robert Woods back on a very small deal because I think he's a position of need and a, a decent player, but he has no legacy to discuss. I thought he was fine. Well, he's like, not. You don't think that it's important that the reports are that after that, there when Mike Vrabel said. Who the fuck would we even throw it to that that is when Robert Woods is like, I'm out of here. I want to be out of here. It's not good. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. They, they, the relationship got contentious. I think it's important. I think it's important to talk about at least Robert Woods in the sense of there's a good chance when he leaves here, he looks like a more efficient wide receiver wherever he may go. And this oh. is not because that the Titans philosophy on offense hindered him or he got held back by anything. It's because he's a year removed from an injury and it's because he will be in a different role. He will not be, he got unfortunately got asked to be a wide receiver two or wide receiver one when he is a wide receiver three at best in this stage of his career. And so unfortunately being that he couldn't do that coupled with the injury, he's going to look better. That has nothing to do with the Titans. And he's not worth 12 or 13 million, no, whatever he no, was no, going to no. get paid. No, it was going to be like, what was it? 14. And he's not coming back. No, 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 he's, no way not. he's coming back. I think I will. I would, I agree. I think it's a, I think it's more of everything. Like if Todd Downing is garbage, which we think he, he's not very good. Then that's a part of it. The offensive line, not giving the quarterback time to throw. Who's also injured. And Malik Willis starting four or five games job Dobbs starting two games being asked to play over his role, maybe as a wide receiver one when he's really a two and him not dropping fully, it, him not being able to get open all this, not, stuff. not really healthy after the full, full ACL. He still led the team, I think, right. in receptions, I, I, I like, I think he's, he's a professional wide receiver who does a lot of good, good things. And I think he's still got some good years left and he's going to, if he goes and plays on a good offense and he's a wide receiver two or three for a certain price point, I think he's going to look far more efficient. I agree. I think it's a combination of everything. They just didn't didn't work out. And, well, you know, yeah. I just, you know, people think, oh, well, when they leave here, they're going to blow up. It's like when Corey Davis left, everybody's like, oh, Corey Davis is going to go off and he's going to make the Tennessee Titans look stupid for letting him go. And you got to saw that story. Yeah. <laughs> you Cunningham like, to me. I listen. I loved Zach Cunningham at Vanderbilt. I loved him early in his career as a player, but he his skill set diminished rapidly uh, after the injury, at, after the injuries. And just again, he played like six games. So like, I don't yeah, think it's really even much before to the injury. I mean, his yeah. The start of 2022 was one of the worst starts for a linebacker in Tennessee that I've ever watched. I mean, him in that Giants game, he was terrible. He was taking the worst angles. I don't know what happened. And then yeah. Randy Bullock, you can just you can. Uh, Here's where I caution on the Randy Bullock thing. Someone said that at least it won't, this will be at least uh, the uneasiness or something has left the building. I was like, I don't know. I was uneasy between suck up and Bullock was my uneasiest. Like that stretch until Gustowski finally like turned it on in the last half of that season. Yeah. That was a horrible stretch. So I just caution people careful what you wish for with this Randy Bullock thing. I, I, I tend to agree. I think you can fix the problem. Like you and I have talked about this. 
if you just invest the right assets, you can fix kicker faster and easier than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just kind of never were willing to do that. They always wanted to take Luke Falk or Cole McDonald instead of the best kicker in the draft in the sixth or seventh round. And so I think they could fix that in the sixth round this year, potentially. Again, there's there's guys that, you know, the best kicker in college football the last two years is going to be available in the draft, late in the draft from Michigan. So, like, you can fix the problem. But I, I, I you know, I think to me he was like a stopgap, right? Like, he's he like the but there was chaos and he kind of settled it in, but like was never a real solution long term, I guess, is what it like, like. Like Mad Bell, they can find a kicker that can make a 50 yard field goal. Yeah, they should be able to find one, but they struggled. They've struggled since Ryan Suckup to find one. Yeah, like let's yeah. not act like this is easy to find. I mean, they've struggled for three or four seasons to find that guy. They can if they allocate the proper resources to it. But let me say something. This has been an issue way before Randy Bullock, and I don't know why everybody's crapping on Randy Bullock, who still won a pretty damn good kicker, but. And he did not get helped out a lot by the team, like choosing to put plays in that they shouldn't be yeah. putting in. But let me say something. It was really fucking difficult. Now, Rand Carthon gets a clean slate and he gets the attempt to do it. But Mike Vrabel's still there. And that's, and uh, I want to say Craig Hittrick. And I know his name, name not Craig Hittrick. Um, <laughs> Craig Ackerman. Craig Ackerman. Yeah. Uh, and Craig Ackerman's still there. Craig Ackerman hasn't fielded a good field goal unit in a decade. He's good stayed. punter. Good punter, Craig Hendrick, for yeah. both the Packers and the Titans. Uh, here, but here's the thing. They just replaced the best punter in franchise history with an undrafted free agent who set an NFL record in, like, one offseason. So, like, you can't – I'm not saying you do that again, that you find a guy that goes, you know – 29 of 29 and is like setting rookie records, but like I mean, you it can, can do it. It can be done. It can be done. It can be done. Yeah. But is it plausible? Is it plausible that this team's going to figure out how to do it? We'll it's all see. ran, baby. It's all ran. Yeah. It's Mike all Vrabel, Craig. Mike Vrabel says we need to find guys who can catch the punts. Well, you need to also find guys who can make the field goals. Uh, so we'll do that. All right. Can we move on now to what's next? Cause yes. I'm, I find this fascinating because they're still only plus 11 or $12 million over the cap. They still have, a lot of stuff to do. So that was a big first step that we all kind of knew was coming. Now, Bud Dupree is the one, the first one I want to ask you about. Pre-June 1st, uh, they would save $9 million, but they'd be on the hook for a $10 million cap hit. Post-June 1st cut, they save sixteen, almost $16 million with $4 million dead cap hit. It seems likely that that's what they're going to do. Remember, Julio Jones was designated as a post-June 1st draft cut, uh, or excuse me, uh, cut on March 16th. So that's not even a cup. That's three weeks away from now. They could do this and announce that Bud Dupree is going to be cut. What do you think they're going to do with Dupree? They're going to cut him. And I think they're going to, I don't think they're (laughs) going to wait till, well, I don't think they're going to wait to June 1st because you need money now. Like this idea that they need $15 million in fucking June makes no sense. And really it's better for them to go ahead and get all the dead money they can out of the way in 2023. So it's off the books in 2024 and you just start fresh. Get all the dead money crammed into 2023. So you're so saying I, you're saying you would eat the 11 million this year instead of the f- four and a half million. Yeah, because then you guess what? You're still eating the 11 million, right? It's a sunk cost. You guess what? You're gonna have to pay the remainder of that 11 million next year. Oh, you you mean the on the on the following yeah, year's deal? Yeah. Okay. All right. I, to, six, to you're me, saying you're, n- go ahead. Well, I'm just I'm trying to make sure yeah. everybody understands. There's you're saying there's not value in the six million dollars, almost seven million dollars they would have this year to work with after June 1st. 
Yeah. Well, what do you need that money for? Uh, uh, that's what I'm Wait, asking. Yeah. That's what I'm asking. I, I, I don't know what you would need it for or you, <laughs> okay. because there is no, because you don't need it for your draft class because you're only going to spend about three to four million when it's all said and done and you move numbers around on your draft class for the cap, for the cap. And uh, well, it just doesn't make sense. Well, okay. How about this? What if you need that extra money for a June 2nd announcement of a Jeff- Jeffrey Simmons extension? Don't make us wait till I don't think they're going to make anybody wait till June for that announcement. I think I th- think the days of John Robinson making people sweat it out are over. And I think Rand Carthen and Jeffrey Simmons are going to try their best to get it done way before June. So well, let me because you're the and cap- let me say this. Let me say this. By the way, the extension does not change. It rarely changes the number in this year. So he's already getting paid. $13 million, I believe, is his fifth fifth year option. That's actually going to come down to 11 or 12. So guess what you don't need? Cap space. Because okay. you're actually going to save cap space. Okay. So so it's it's not like they could say, again, Julio Jones was was a designated post-June 1st cut on March 16th. So you're yes, saying that was that's a little bit different situation. Sure. But what I'm saying is, is they could they, really a lot. So they in theory, could you announce in the middle of March, hey, we're cutting Bud Dupree post June, and we're ex- we're signing Simmons, but it's not going to take effect until. I mean, that's very unusual. The, the, I guess. The, the okay, that wouldn't matter. The new contract does not take into effect till after this year. Yep. So whatever yeah, so you can announce Jeffrey Simmons today, you can announce it on September. Guess what? It's not changing your number except for making it a little bit less, of like one million, two million dollars, because typically an extension will bring down the initial cap hit in some form or fashion. The thing about the Julio thing that you need to remember is that it was 1.13 million versus 9.51 million in cap savings. That's a that's a big difference when it comes to that. So obviously, I but you need nine million now. You need money now. You, okay, so because the free agents that you're going to try and sign in June, they stink. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. Uh, again, the numbers are you're going to eat 11 million in dead money if you cut Dupree at any moment. Uh, I guess I, I guess now because you're paying you're paying that. If let's say this, if you kept him on the the deal, let's say you didn't even cut him, you're still paying the 11 million. So, well, it's a so stunk cost. My question is why why not just then announce it? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe they haven't gotten in touch with the agent. Maybe they're trying to do redo the entire deal. <laughs> Um, maybe they're waiting for other deals and they want to do like, Hey, we want, we want to do four more deals, right? Like, like how they did yesterday, how they did, uh, with the coaching hires and all this stuff. Maybe they just want to do a bunch of news at the same time. We don't know the reason why, but Uh, regardless, it's going to happen. Yeah. He's not on this team. I tend to agree with you on that. And, and I think, um, it, listen, it's it's very. It can be all kinds of all these contracts and the money. Sometimes it's funny money. Sometimes that you get guaranteed money versus cash versus dead cap versus salary cap, you know, versus AAV. Again, check out stacking the inbox. By the way, uh, lots of good nomenclature in there to yeah, today, learn. Today, today was the dead money article with salary cap and just explaining the yep. terms and definitions. Tomorrow, I get into June first designations. I get into mm, breaking mm. down a contract and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, to so, me. To me, is it possible they do it? Yes. Is it the right move? I do not think that is the right move because you need money now. How uh, else Ke- are you going to get money? Kevin asked, any chance you trade him? And I'm like, unless the salary situation is still there. Like, it's trying, everyone knows that he could be a cuttable asset. 
I don't know what you give it. Well, I don't know what you get in return for that. And like, th- th- could they be calling teams? I'm sure they've called every team before they cut a player. Say, hey, are you kind of interested in this guy? Right. But let me say something. Ain't nobody interested in Bud Dupree. Yeah. Well, can I let me ask you just a general question about Bud Dupree? Because all this is very complicated. Subscribe to Stacking the Inbox, by the way. What is not complicated is how you where you decide to go to lunch. Go to the pharmacy. Get yourself a good burger, a good brat, some locally sourced beers, some tots, some mustard, a great afternoon like today where it's like a record high 80 degrees for the second day in a row. Breaking records, folks. Hundred year old records in Nashville. Go to the pharmacy and uh, have a good meal there. Of course, Kingston Group is well built. KG.com. Nashville's custom home and remodeling firm. Award winning. I might add, um, you and I have talked, we've been doing this show, uh, almost a year now. And there was, a, you've, you've said a number of times that Bud Dupree is the force multiplier, uh, on this defense. He was, um, it, was it, is it just that he's, his game regressed this year that much that we've, that we've evolved he could, our he can't overcome on injuries. I mean, this, it's just, you know, you, you got a hip, you got an ACL, you got a leg. You, you, I mean, yeah. Just throw a dart at a pitcher of a body part, and he's fucking injured it. Like, (laughs) at some point, all those just catch up with you, and he's getting older in age, and he just, he he was a force multiplier in 2021. Unfortunately, 2022, he never really got the chance, and there's going to be, there's so many edge rushers in the draft and in free agency that, listen, it's going to be fine without Bud Dupree. Uh, I mean... We, we got a long time who to- think that it's weird. I mean, Mike, I'll argue with Mike till I'm blue in the face, but <laughs> let me say something. You ain't going to miss Bud Dupree next year. This defense will not miss Bud Dupree next year. The, the NFL draft, this is, I've, we got a long time to preview priorities and positions of need and what, what strategies could be this, but you know, you and I agree that offensive line is a heavy possibility, a likely possibility with their first pick, but because this is one of the best draft classes in history for edge rushers, do not be surprised if number 41 is an edge rusher uh, in the draft for the Titans. So just that's something to consider when you're talking about Bud Dupree is the depth of the draft class. Good point uh, made by you. Uh, good burgers made by the pharmacy. Good houses made by the Kingston Group. So go check all those guys out. Any more questions, of course, jump into the comments. We'll get there. Derrick Henry, Zach. What Derrick Henry, I guess 16.3. It could be nine dead. So you could save. Uh, that sounds like a weird sentence. <laughs> um you could save another seven million bucks with a Derrick Henry cut. I know Titans Radio alluded to this loosely this week. I they alluded to a trade. It seems unlikely to me, but what do you think? Well, I mean, trade him to the Saints since Alvin Kamara is probably not going to play down a football ever again after that video got released, which he sh- shouldn't. Uh, there, there's listen. There's a, there are services for Derrick Henry on certain teams. Do you will you get a second round pick? Probably not. Uh, if you wanted to get the pick, you should have traded him when Christian McCaffrey got traded. But at the end of the day, I I think I would be happy that he got traded because I think that I I'm all for getting draft picks for players that are aging out of their positional value. But at the end of the day, I think an extension is coming a short-term extension. And we're not talking like he's going to get like a five-year, $50 million deal. We're talking about like a two or three-year deal with it kind of similar to what I proposed about Ryan Tannehill, where you get, you're, you're out after 2025, you get three years of Derrick Henry at cheaper cap hits and, and modest prices. And he finishes out his career here. Yeah. That's what I think, because you, you don't want to restructure. 
And you got two void years that amount to 4,500. If you don't resign him or extend him next offseason, there's some dead cap, which doesn't really matter in the big scheme of things. $4.5 million doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, you, he's not playing on this current contract, no matter how it's situated. And it, he's either going to be somewhere else or he's going to be here on a shorter long-term extension. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Um, Chris Lilly, by the way, what's up, Chris? How you doing, man? Shout out to Chris Lilly. says, how, how good is the wide receiver draft class second round? Uh, again, we'll have a lot of time to discuss that over the course of the next month. I think it's a really strong draft class in the second round in particular. Um, maybe the third round as well, but again, we've got a long time to discuss all of that, but, uh, how you doing, Chris? Good to see you, man. Um, all right. Hey, let me say something. All your trade and draft questions. That's not for this episode. We'll yeah, get yeah. to those in later episodes. I <laughs> see a for... lot of people just where we're talking free agents and we're talking, yeah. talking that first, and then we're going to get through free agency and then we'll get to trade stuff. So any chance Titans trade up for a quarterback? You want to answer that one now? <laughs> you're saying, <laughs> well, just go, just go listen to football and other efforts. We talk about it. That's true. And we did talk a lot about trading up yeah. for number one. I don't mean to times, dismiss, so. you know, the people in the, I've just, I know there's a lot of questions. I don't want fe- pe- people to feel we're ignoring them. It's just, this is not the episode to, to really, for us to dive deep into that. We, we will dive deep into those questions yes. later on down the road. So yes. just be patient with us. Again, uh, and, and some broad general things, right? Like very, very deep defensive end off uh, outside linebacker. Don't apologize. Yeah, they want people to, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Matt, Matt, says, Matt says he's sorry. Now you've you know, you've heard his feelings. Come on, <laughs> Mad Bell. No, you're good. Um, sad Bell now. <laughs> sad, sad Bell. Um, ben Jones, eight point three million this year, four and a half dead cap, dead cap hit for him. Doesn't it feel like it's kind of in his court on this one? If he wants to come back, they're going to take him. If he doesn't want to play, <laughs> they save the eight like, million dollars. Well, Taylor Lewan said. <laughs> I mean, Taylor Lewan straight up said today, or he said yesterday. I think I, I could be wrong, but I think Ben Jones is getting cut today too. And then Ben Jones FaceTimes him live on air and they cut out his side of the conversation, Ben Jones' side, but they keep in Taylor once. The first question out of his mouth is, did you break your break your shoulder? So that means that he FaceTimed him in with a, some a, kind of harness, right? I mean, like or sling or cast or something. I've done some shows with Ben Jones before, and um, the the for those that don't know his personal like lifestyle <laughs> is like I'm gonna go hunting in Alabama right. for a weekend. I'm gonna kill twelve snakes, and then I'm gonna make some boots out of them. Yeah. Like that. That's how Ben Jones lives his life. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's got some shoulder problems. So obviously, something's <laughs> up with the shoulder. And then Taylor Lewan says, "I've heard they 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 cut me, but I've heard they're gonna cut some more guys as well." And whatever Ben Jones said caused Taylor Lewan to say, "Not today." So uh, okay, so so Taylor Lewan was referring to Bullock Cunningham and and no, what and Robert Woods. he was referring to, he didn't know who it was. Yeah, he just heard that people were getting cut, but he said earlier that he thought Ben Jones was. So he was surprised. Whatever Ben Jones said, he was surprised that he was not getting cut today. Okay. Uh, Mad Bell does ask a good question on this one. Not that your questions aren't all good, uh, but more relevant to this topic, which is still wants to know who has final say, Carthon or Vrabel, which we may never know for a while, but that could tell us a lot about Ben Jones, which, you know, I, I don't know if that's exactly true. I think they're going to be collaborative, which is the yeah, word of the I, day. I, I think people are putting too much emphasis on Mike Vrabel and Ben Jones's relationship. Yeah. Here's the thing. All of these moves signal to us they want to get younger, they want to get faster, 
and then there we and then that and they want to get a little bit less expensive and cheaper. That's what yep. all these moves yep. are signaling to us. Now listen, younger, cheaper, faster. Ben, ben Jones is a great value, except you have lingering health issues that are going to carry over. Obviously, a shoulder injury. Now you got to put on top of the concussions, but suffering two concussions as close as in proximity as he did means that you are a high risk candidate to get, guess what? More concussions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So here, here's where I am on this idea of Ben Jones being cut. Okay. Whether he retires, like we all kind of have expected him to do or is cut. It's the same thing. It's the same thing number-wise. It's the same thing building a roster-wise. Now, I get it that people think that there's going to be bad optics, but they cut Taylor Lewan, right? I mean, cutting Ben Jones, is a, it can't be any worse oh, I had, than Lewan. I, I, I had so many people that are like sort of Nashvillians but aren't diehard Titans fans that are that are kind of, you know, they support the team because they live yeah. in Nashville. Now, that asked me all yesterday, they were like, I can't believe they cut Taylor, like, Taylor Lewan. They cut Taylor Lewan. Like, like it was some... yeah. You and know, nobody's like, probably going to be that way about Ben Jones. Here's the thing is that if they cut Ben Jones, they don't save a lot of money. It's only three they, and a half. Three yeah. Seven. I mean, I mean, if he retires, guess what? They don't save a lot of money. Uh, so it's the same. It's a, a retiring retirement is the same as a cut, but it's because that Ben Jones is not retiring on their timetable. What I mean by that is, yeah. is that they, they need to get a move on in free agency. And if he's dilly-dallying with his decision to come back and can't make up his mind because he's weighing all the family options, and I get it. Some people take a really long time. But, dude, you've had a, you you were put on IR back in December. It, it's time to have that yep. decision already made. Let, let's be honest here. So if he gets cuts because he's not on their schedule, and I still think he ends up retiring even if he's cut. So these are general numbers, but if they cut Dupree – before June first, they save nine point three five, so that puts them to about twenty or twenty one million. If they cut Ben Jones, they save about three point eight, which about four, so that puts them about twenty four, twenty five million ish, give or take some of the hundred thousands in there. So a, a Henry extension slash New Deal, whatever that looks like, it could add some more value to that. So now we're we're working with somewhere in the thirty million ish dollar range. Ryan Tannehill, does that does this? What does all this do for Ryan Tannehill? Anything at all? Well. I don't think anybody's anybody's um I guess you would say none of these moves matter to what they do with Ryan Tannehill. Okay? So what matters is is what Aaron Rodgers decides he's going to do. And let's be honest, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Packer next year. Ooh. And that that is just he's going to come out and he's going to say I want to be a Packer and they're going to keep him and really you know what I would do if I was Jordan Love I'd be asking for my damn trade out of there because this is ridiculous and that's 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 what people have said at the Super Bowl and alluded to at the Super Bowl during press media week it's something I've always believed that we're going to go through all of this and he's just going to choose the Packers so that leaves the Jets right. That leaves the Raiders, that leaves the Panthers, who were second in some betting odds, and I brought them up on Monday. Brought them up on football and other F-words. Here's the thing about the Ryan Tannehill situation, is that if Derek Carr was, if the Jets told him, we think you could be a Hall of Fame quarterback if you choose to sign with us, then why didn't you go ahead and sign him? Yep. 
So give me a break on that. They're not really in on Derek Carr, I don't think. I think they're just playing the game and all that kind of stuff and blowing smoke up his butt. And I'm sure Derek Carr's agent leaked that out to, I believe it was Diana Rossini who reported it. So give me a break on that. But if you extend Ryan Tannehill, or any team for that matter, extends Ryan Tannehill, you can save up to... uh, here in Tennessee, you could save up to $20 million. Realistically, I think that's a, like a, you save $16 million against the cap with an extension, which you God, can go put, to stop.com and talk about that. That that puts him in like the $40, $45 million to spend this year, knowing that in 24, they already have an enormous amount of money. Right. So like the question is, what do you use it on and why do you need it all? Well, like, I don't are, think you need it all. I mean, that's the thing yeah. is like, that's why I don't think you have to wait for the Bud Dupree thing because you really don't need okay. it for anything. Okay. Okay. Uh, especially in this free agency class, maybe you go after a big time, you know, offensive lineman like a Garrett Bradbury at center, or maybe uh, Andre Dill- Dillard. You know, you go maybe you go after Orlando Brown if they decide not to tag him and let him into the free agent market. I don't know, but you could use it on that. But there's no big wide receivers. There's no, no. big name no. edge rushers. Maybe you go for a trade. But I look at it. If you go, if he goes to another team, they can save up to like twenty three to twenty four million dollars in an extension. That's why he's got trade value. Yeah, well, and it's again, if that if that's the case, then we're talking, we're talking like fifty million dollars in cap no, 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 space. No. So the acquiring team on a oh, reach, yeah, 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 on yeah. an extension yeah. saves yeah. that money. They save seventeen point eight million. Uh, so either way, they're going to be anywhere yes. from six, seventeen to eighteen million dollars of cap savings, unless they just ride it out with Ryan Tannehill and just say, "Fuck it, we'll that's just still, do one year." That still could put them in the ballpark of like forty six, right. forty eight, fifty million dollars. They can get cap up space. to sixty million dollars fairly easily in cap space. So Jeff, none of this really affects Jeff Simmons, although it does because we know how much of space is available down the road. It the only thing like- that affects Jeff Simmons is. Um, cash flow yeah that's the yeah. only thing that affects them because everything else gets pushed off into future years so you don't even have to worry yeah. about any of these other deals because like you said the salary caps way up a bunch of dead money is going to come off your books now so you don't really yep. have to worry about it so a couple of questions what players then could like to me this if, if they've got 40 million 30 million whatever the number ends up being in space First of all, Jeffrey Simmons is going to be resigned at some point. That like, there's no excuses now for Rand. There's no and that adds like two million. That adds like two million dollars yeah. to to your thing. So, so honestly, that. to me, it means I bring back a guy like I don't know about Nate Davis, but to me, it says David Long because they don't. Otherwise, it's Monty Rice and who else? Right, at inside linebacker. To me, it, it says da- a re-signing of David Long is fairly likely and or more what? likely. And that's only four or five million dollars in cap right. hit. So now you take four or five million dollars off that $40 million number. And guess what? You're still at $36 million to go get an offensive lineman and maybe a wide receiver two or three, yeah. maybe yeah, people, um, people will think that it's not possible to, to improve this offense through free agency because they don't have a lot of money. They're just idiots. They, I mean, they just again, want to be you, doom and gloom and stuck in the you, abyss. You you cut Dupree and Jones and you're already at like twenty five million in cutting cap, Dupree cap right now is a must. Okay. It is it is is such a must to to me in my head because you need the money heading into free agency. You cannot you cannot wait. You can't extend him. You can't restructure him because that right. just makes it even worse. The only thing you could do is tear up his contract 
and do an entirely new contract. Yeah. And the difference and I, there is the difference is about six million dollars. Yeah. Like you, you either save an extra six after June first, or you pay an extra dead six. You know, like that's that. Basically, from a business six, six financial dollars. standpoint, I find it to be a dumb, objectively a dumb move. Uh, it's you know, or maybe subjectively, but I find it to be a dumb move. It's not something I would do, but right. it is something that an NFL team could do. But so few NFL teams use the June first designation every year. Yeah. It's not a it's not a frequently used thing. Uh, Stoney says, damn, now we're rating viewer questions. Tough scene. Sorry, that's not what I meant to do. And Kevin, my favorite comment, maybe of the entire history of the show. Shit's fired at Herndon. L-M-A-O. Good shit's job, fired. It's fired. We are firing shits at Mike Herndon today. Yep. Okay. <laughs> just, you just <laughs> as my daughter you... loves, as my daughter, my four-year-old loves to run up to people, mostly me and mom. Yeah. And turn around pointer ass at us and rip farts and just thinks it's the funniest thing in the world that sounds hilarious I would, it is I'm, it is hilarious but i'm like you need to take that fart shooter and you need to point it somewhere else that's what we're doing here we've got fart shooters aimed directly at mike herndon's head right now uh <laughs> it's fire there is there is two players i want to talk about before we shift gears to um netflix to, uh, <laughs> uh kevin byard and was, Danique uh, watchery okay so Kevin Byard has two years left, and he's getting he's got cap hits of nineteen point six million dollars in twenty twenty three and seventeen point eight next year. This is a terrible contract situation that they are they find themselves in, and uh, they they have to do something because they've already got two void years. This is this is a contract that's going to get touched. I don't know in what way. I'm not confident enough to say it, but if you think that they're going to go in at, with $19.6 million on on the cap against Kevin Byard, yeah. I think you're dreaming. And so there's some more money coming your way. Now, in saying that, Kevin Byard, if you do a restructure or an ext extension, it's only going to save up to $9.9 .9 million. So the reason being is because his base salaries aren't that high the, what the money's coming from is from a signing bonus and restructure bonuses that because he's already been restructured once so th this is going to be a guy who's going to get his contract redone some way in or another i just don't know where yeah and uh Danico autry Aut is an autry is a very good contract if you wanted to cut him but isn't he too I valuable he's too valuable yeah. and i think Danico autry what you do is you extend it and you can get you, instead of cutting him and uh, um, saving $7 million, you could pick up like four, three million extra dollars by extending him and getting him on a cheap deal, which you want to do anyway. Yeah. I was going to say, I looked at It's funny. I, I'm glad you mentioned him because I looked at the, all the contracts and all the dead money and I was like, oh, that's an easy one. If you're going to cut him, you're going to you go from nine to like, you know, one seven in dead money. That's a big chunk you can save. But he's one of the most important pieces on the defense right now. Yeah, so. I, I think that you'll see Danico Autry gets a gets an extension. I'd be very surprised if he if they just left it alone and let him hit free agency. I mean, they could. I think yeah. I would write as extension. He plays the last year of the contract, and then way down, he's cut. Kevin How Byard's getting that contract shredded. I feel like. Yeah, I, I think that's right. How old is Danico Autry? He's only played what eight years 32 in the league or thirty three. Yeah, he's 32. I mean, he's getting close to where the decline could happen. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're uh, just like we said about Dupree last year, 
There's no guarantees, but Autry this past season was extraordinarily important. So, uh, all right, let's let's uh, dive into Netflix. Yeah. Thank th- thank you guys for all the comments and questions. Uh, you guys are awesome as usual. Go to the pharmacy, of course. Go to the Kingston Group. Make sure you check out both of them. Um, what was your first thought? So, Netflix documentary series. It's going to be called Quarterbacks. And it's going to feature Patrick Mahomes. It's going to feature Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota. And it's going to feature all three of them throughout the 2022 season. I find it to be a perfect blend of the guy who won the championship. Oh, damn it. You're about to steal what I was going to say. Shit. Oh, okay. All right. Do you want want to do it together? Well, my thought thought was the first episode should be titled A Winner, A Choker, and A Quitter Walk Into a Bar. Oh, Jesus Christ. I think so. First of all, if you're going to do documentaries, the best people doing them right now is Netflix. Yes. So I, I'm I'm excited about that. The F1 documentary, the um, uh, a lot of the stuff that's going on, the golf documentaries, like Netflix is doing it better than anybody else. So I'm excited about that um, because Mahomes, of course, goes through the ankle problem and wins the Super Bowl, and obviously there's a huge storyline there. Kirk Cousins is like one of the weirdest freaking dudes in the entire NFL. The team was really good, but no one really ever believed in him. So I think that's going to be a fascinating storyline. And Mariota is sort of this like, oh, it's kind of a comeback story, but then not really. And then he gets benched and then he gets hurt. And so there's going to be drama at the end of that. At the end of Mariota's storyline, there's going to be the drama and how the season ended. So I think they picked three. I mean, they they got three pretty good agreements from guys. That's what is what I'm getting to here. So I think it's going to end up being pretty excited. How excited are you? I, I'm, I'm very excited. In fact, uh, Lauren uh, actually sent it to me on Instagram, like the trailer, even though I already knew about it. And uh, so she she seems to be on board to want to oh, watch wow. it. So yeah, I think it'll be a good binge for uh, for the Lions household. I got into a big argument with my sister. Actually, can see his friends. Um, there you go. Uh, all, the, all the bulldogs. And, um, ah, shit. What's the other one? Are you talking about the the Mahomes dogs? No, uh, Mariota's. Uh, oh. He's played with them before. Swoosh and oh, yeah. uh, shit. Uh, one, they're named after Nike. I think it's Swoosh and what's the uh, Oregon it, facility jump, up there? Oh, I don't know. Jumpman? <laughs> no, it's not Jumpman. It was whatever the facility is called up there, I think, uh, that they played football in. And I, and I got to a big I, I got into a big discussion with my sister-in-law during the Super Bowl who's like, oh, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if I like him too much. I'm, I'm rooted for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, which uh, Jalen Hurts also a very likable guy. But like she doesn't like Mahomes' wife, I guess, and doesn't like Mahomes. Yeah, that that's gonna be fun. So how much of the his extended family of Jackson and yeah, his like, crazy ass wife are gonna be shown? Well, and like she's like, look at the names of their dogs and their kids. That these are all red flags. And I'm like, Mahomes is a perfectly fine guy. I just think he married an interesting cat. That's all. <laughs> like, yeah. we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, I do think the I think I think Cousins is almost the most interesting of all of them because he's just so weird, and I can't wait to see like more of like the behind the scenes of who Kirk Cousins is. So, uh, all right, um, we'll wrap up here with one SEC topic as we try to do each and every week on the show. And we always go a little long, of course, uh, arguing about things, but uh, go to the Kingston Group, of course, use them for any home improvement renovations, any custom builds, anything you need. Uh, Kingston Group, buildkg.com are your people. Go check them out. Just talk to them, have a conversation. They're award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm, and they will help you make the right decision about your house. So please go check them out. And then, of course- One Titans question ask okay oh should i can i say it can i say the pharmacy is a great place to eat burgers it's always great burgers the pharmacy is a great place to eat burgers full stop what's your question question? my head and if you release kevin byard (laughs) post six one you save 14 million dollars against the cap this year or total two years this year 
You say fourteen million dollars against the cap. He had a pretty good year last year. Still pretty young. He was all right. He he it was he was about league average. What would be the sentiment? Wow. Of the Tennessee Titans fan base, if they came out and because this is a possibility. Oh, that that's a much if different they reaction. They came out and said, "Hey, we're releasing Kevin Byard with the post June first designation because he's um, not he's not willing to come together in terms of a contract." I think you have a very different reaction. That's like emergency <laughs> episode, right? Like that, yes. Like we're we'll getting see you on live. an emergency episode if that happens. Stoney says, stop this conversation right now. <laughs> I think it's a very different re- conversation than Taylor Lewan. I think there's some misconceptions maybe about Taylor Lewan because of his personality, but he's sort of this there. This would be a devastating is, blow, but is, it's a yeah. possibility that needs to be entertained because nobody, first off, nobody's talking about it. Nobody, nobody's talking about this contract in general. It's a big, this is a terrible big, contract. It's a big, but well, secondly, you get out of the contract because you're talking about a contract that has 19.6 and 17.8 next year. So Ooh-wee. this is, this is a pretty hefty contract that they have to get out of. So I just Here, here's, here's what I think. So I think Mike Vrabel likes to, not so subtly troll the media. What I and John Robinson, I think, enjoyed doing this as well. What they don't always understand, or maybe they don't care to understand, is that when they do that, like Asthma Gate, for example, right, with Traylon Burks just not telling us the thing, right? What they don't understand is that that actually helps us. <laughs> it actually yeah. benefits us. I could see them trolling and being like, "No, we're cutting Kevin Byard," and the next day, like announcing some new contract or something. I, I don't know. I, I feel like they they would have to do it like. We're, we've got a new contract from Kevin Byard because if it, they're, they're not going to do a cut and bring them back kind of deal because first off, Kevin Byard's probably not going to go for that. Right. Right. Like it's going to have to be yep. a totally new deal. And it's got to be announced. We have, we've come to a, we have renegotiated new terms for a contract. Like a four year, a four year contract where yeah, because bunch, you got it already up. Money. Yeah. You got yeah. it all the way up to 2026 with two void years. So why not just do an entirely new contract yeah. that somehow pays them the same, but gives them a little bit extra money that does not have crippling cap hits like this. I, I think even if it sounds or you weird, just I, cut them post June six, Twitter would just lose its mind. Middle Tennessee Twitter would lose its mind, but nobody's talking about it, by the way. Uh, um, we, we're uh, the first ones I've heard on radio podcasts uh, or anything. Talk about it. Well, I and saw the, I, I, it's funny. Like the two names, I'm glad you brought them up. Cause I didn't write them down, but the two contracts that sort of, I looked at and was like, Whoa, uh, on Spotrack were like Bayard just for the sheer size of it all. And then Autry because of the, the, the lack of dead money. Uh, and I was like, oh, those are, those are both very interesting contracts that for different mm-hmm. reasons, of course. Um, all right, we'll wrap up here. Uh, Kingston Group Pharmacy. Uh, Corey says, I'm buying a personalized jersey and not buying a player jersey ever again once KB and DH leave. Derek Henry, Kevin Byard leave. LOL. I will say, I, accident- I got a personalized jersey for the first time as a gift for Christmas. I am anti-personalized jersey. I think it looks kind of silly. I'm also anti-wearing a jersey in public unless you're at the game anyway. But I'm not going to lie. Because it was a gift given to me by my brother, I don't mind having it, and I only wear it inside my house. Do you think he bought that for you because he knows that you feel this way about jerseys? Or do you think it was just a genuine gift from the heart? No, it was a genuine gift from the heart. And frankly... um, he even like as he so he gave one to my dad with like his birth year on it. Like I've sent Stony spiraling with my Kevin Byer conversation, <laughs> by the way. 
It's okay. He'll survive. It's almost the weekend. He'll have some gin. It'll be fine. Um, so my dad got 55 with his last name because he's born in 55. I've got 82 with my last name. For the record, 55, way better number on a jersey than 82 in my opinion. Yes. But um, so he even says, he even as he's giving these gifts to us for Christmas, he's like, he's like, look, I don't normally like personalized jerseys. So even he's kind of acknowledging that it's a little taboo. And so even in the moment, I was able to look at my brother and say, look, dude, I love you. Normally, I would hate this kind of thing. But this one's really awesome, and I really appreciate it, and I really love it, and I'm going to wear it because I was at Lambeau, like, looking at all the jerseys, and I'm like, there's nobody I would ever buy, not even Rogers. Like, I just – there's nobody that would appeal to me to buy a jersey for because they all leave. Like, I don't I, – I, I'm just not a My, jersey The last guy. jersey I bought was a Derrick Henry jersey when the new jerseys were released. Yep. yep. Uh, and this one and this one was like the alternate – That will be the last I'll buy. Yep, and this one was like an alternate one, which, again, I would never purchase for myself ever. So the fact that he gave me a gift that I would never get myself was pretty cool. And now I wear it during I worked in the Super Bowl, which would be weird if I was in the stadium. But it wasn't because I was at my house. So it was fine. Uh, Stoney, take some Xanax. You're going to be fine. OK, just <laughs> just pop pop a few Xannies. You're going you're to be OK. Alabama, um, most anticipated Alabama rematch, rematch game. You wanted to talk about this. Now, I don't think Bama is a clear cut front runner right now to win the West. They are the least experienced team in the SEC by every conceivable metric. Returning starters, coordinators, quarterback, uh, returning production by Bill Connolly from ESPN. They are like 126th and 128th in, the, in, in college football, dead last in the SEC in every conceivable way. They are still going to be very good. But LSU brings back a whole lot more stuff and is the front runner and beat them last year. Now that game's in Tuscaloosa. You oh, got yeah, Ole Miss. Baby. Ole Miss was a tough game last year. They won that one. You got Texas last year on, on the road. That was a tough game, but they won that one. They lose to Tennessee at, on the road against the vault. Like they're going to play all these teams again. Which one are you? The, the revenge tour part redo. The, the redo I, revenge tour. Which one are you looking forward to the most? It, I, it's hard because they played the Texas game so close, and that was the opener, and I want them to blow Texas out just so I can, again – Make fun of the Texas Longhorns, obviously. But the UT games and the LSU game are really hard to choose because they're both in Tuscaloosa this year. That's huge. And I think I'm going to go LSU because I think LSU is going to be the better team to beat and hang your hat on. Whereas, you know, they should beat Tennessee, right? Like last year, I felt like, oh, Tennessee could definitely beat Alabama. And I believe it. Next year, I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it next year. Maybe I'm a little underrating Tennessee already, but no, I feel like LSU is the better co- competitive game that, that I think looks better as a win. Your answer is 100% correct for the reasons you've said. LSU is going to be a preseason top 10 team. Tennessee will not be. LSU is in the West. Tennessee is not. And again, game in Tuscaloosa with a returning quarterback and a, and a head coach who I think is better than Heupel. I think LSU is the bigger game. It is a far bigger, more important game. It will probably decide who wins the West. And right now that I would lean Alabama as the favorite, but like there's going to be a heavy argument between now and SEC media days, by the way, in Nashville um, coming up in, Ju- in July, it is not a surefire thing that Alabama will be picked to win the West. There will be a lot of debate between LSU and Alabama moving forward. There will be no debate between Georgia and Tennessee, despite what Zach tried to tell you last year. Yeah, well, I mean, and I agree. This year it will not be. There'll be no debate. But LSU, man, whoo. They get yeah. the Ole Miss game at home. They get the Texas game at home. Uh, they got to figure things out. But but Bama, Bama, 
Bim ain't, Bim Bim ain't going nowhere. Yeah, yeah Bim, Bim ain't going. Bim ain't going nowhere. Bama never goes anywhere. The, the, if you want to write the obit on the the Bama dynasty, go. You can go join the the collection of fools fools that have been wrong about that. Yep. Um. <laughs> he's. I think Kevin's referring to your Texas Alabama comment. Yeah. Uh, so you can shit on Herndon again. Oh yeah. <clears throat> All right. Horns down. Horns down, baby. Uh, as I say, I say that as someone who moved to Nashville from Austin and enjoyed lots of Texas football games. So, uh, all right, Kingston Group and and the pharmacy, we appreciate your support. So you guys go out there and support them, please. Thank you for your comments and your questions. Stony, settle down, deep breath. It's going to be okay. Uh, make sure you subscribe to StackingTheInbox.com. Follow them on Twitter at FWordsPod. You can follow me at Braden Gall. Zach, have a great weekend, my man. Always good oh, to you see did. you. Have a great weekend, everybody. We appreciate you hanging out. My name is Braden Gall. This has been a football show. 